Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, dear friends in Christ, uh, it's hard for me to explain what an honor and what a privilege it is for me to come and preach to you here today on your anniversary. Uh, many of you may know I was an assistant pastor here from 1984 to 1992, 30 to 40 years ago. So the fact that you are still here as a congregation and the fact that I can come and still preach, this is truly an evidence of God's grace, and we have much to be thankful for here today. And if you're wondering uh, what I did, of any note, when I was here, one thing I can tell you, I think I was the first pastor to have a beard at St. Paul's, and now you can see where that's gone, so for better, for better or worse. Now, our first sermon text today, I suppose I could have picked a portion of scripture that I felt was appropriate. But um, I just am going to use the Old Testament lesson today, which was suggested by Pastor Nelson, because I think it has some thoughts that are appropriate enough for a congregational anniversary, because in this text, we certainly are faced with the idea that it's necessary to speak and to hear the Word of God, that we are to be devoted to the Word of God, even if it's unpopular and even if it is opposed. Now, our Old Testament lesson today had an incident from the life of Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah lived about 600 years before Jesus in Jerusalem, during the last days of Jerusalem before it was destroyed by the Babylonians. Now, in the account that we heard, Jeremiah was being brought into a trial and people were shouting that he deserved to die. So people, this included the prophets, the priests, and the governmental leaders are all together, and people are screaming, this man deserves to die. Very dramatic story, and you're sitting on the edge of your seat with the tension that's there in this setting. Well, uh, they didn't like what Jeremiah was preaching, and were about to put him to death. What did Jeremiah do? Well, Jeremiah coolly and confidently said, I'm going to keep preaching my word to you. I have to. It's the word of God. And... If you feel you're going to put me to death, then go put me to death, and you will incur guilt from God if you do that for killing an innocent person, but I'm not going to stop preaching, even if it means I'm going to lose my life, was Jeremiah's response. We see how devoted to the word of God this man Jeremiah was. He knew he had to keep preaching, even if it meant it would cost his life. Now, you might think, well, what actually was Jeremiah preaching? that they were so upset about. Well, you read the whole book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the longest book of the Bible, by the way. I don't know if you ever knew that. We know a lot about him and his preaching. He had to preach a harsh message of judgment and law to the people. And what he was preaching in Jerusalem was simply that God was going to destroy the city of Jerusalem as a judgment for the sin of the people. Jeremiah said... Jerusalem is going to be plowed like a field, and there are going to be jackals running around here moaning. Well, it was going to be desolate and deserted. You can imagine this was an unpopular message. And the reason why Jeremiah had to preach this was because of the sinfulness of the people, which was grievous and longstanding. And goodness, if you read in the book of Jeremiah what was going on, in the city of Jerusalem, which had the temple of the true God, which was to be the central worship spot for the true God in the whole world, 
The Israelites had altars to the queen of heaven, we read about, seemingly a Babylonian goddess by the name of Ishtar or Astarte. Also in Jerusalem, the city that had the temple of the true God in it, there were altars to Baal and Molech, and Jeremiah says there were families where the parents were offering their children, their sons and daughters, in the fire to these false Canaanite gods. In Jerusalem, this was going on. Well, uh, God to this people had to speak a harsh message of law and judgment to try to get them to repent of their sins. Now, it was significant, by the way, that in our reading today, it said that Jeremiah said that the city of Jerusalem would be like Shiloh. Maybe that deserves a word of explanation. Shiloh was the place where the tabernacle had been 500 years before this at the time of Eli and Samuel. The tabernacle was that tent worship site with the Ark of the Covenant in it. But God had destroyed Shiloh. So Shiloh was no longer a city. And it had established the precedent that God will destroy the city where the worship site is if they're going to be unfaithful. Can you see why that worked here now? Just what God did to Shiloh, Jeremiah said, that's what God's going to do to Jerusalem. Well, of course, the law wasn't the only thing that Jeremiah preached, however. He also preached the gospel. And in the reading that was read today, you heard Jeremiah say this, that there was a way that the punishment of God could be avoided. Jeremiah said, reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God and the Lord will relent and he will not bring on you the disaster that he has pronounced against you. Jeremiah knew that the true God is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger. This is how he described himself. Jeremiah knew that in the past, when God had threatened judgment, like at the time of Hezekiah, and the people had repented, then God didn't bring the judgment. So Jeremiah knew that God would do this again. And he said, if you would repent and if you would turn back to God, then the judgment won't come. But if you don't, you're going to be destroyed and judged. Now, Jeremiah knew he had to keep preaching this message. He was devoted to this word of God because he knew this is what the people needed. If they didn't repent, judgment was inevitable. He had to try to shock them about their sin with the law message. He needed to build them up with the gospel. This is what they needed, and so Jeremiah is devoted to this message, and he's going to keep preaching it even though it might mean his life. Now, you might wonder... What happened to Jeremiah in this tense trial? Well, um, I can say this, that <clears throat> throughout the book of Jeremiah, there's always the same thing that happened when Jeremiah preached. It happened this way, that some people did listen and repent, and Jeremiah had supporters, but most people did not, and most people tuned him out. On this particular occasion, Jeremiah chapter 26, there were enough people that spoke up for Jeremiah that his life was spared. But the last two kings, last several kings of Jerusalem were wicked. They had no interest in listening to Jeremiah. The city of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, and Jeremiah was there to witness it. But even when Jer Jerusalem was destroyed, we hear how there were certain people that had repented, and God watched out over them during that. And we even hear some of their names. There was a man by the name of Ebed-Melech, 
in a man by the name of Shaphan in Baruch. So it always was this. Some people would listen and repent. Most people did not. But now, what can we glean for ourselves here today on a congregational anniversary from this story about Jeremiah? Well, I think we can take in the thought that it's necessary to be devoted to the word of God, even if it's unpopular, that we look upon the word of God so important we'd be willing to give up our life for it if we had to. And uh, actually, when I hear this, I think of my pastor who I had as a confirmation pastor many years ago. He, I remember him saying that his Bible was his most precious possession. And as a boy, when I heard this, I thought, boy, this man is some kind of fanatic that his Bible is his most precious possession. But then later, I have said the same thing. And what is more precious than having the word of God? It finally is the thing we need more than anything else. And these are thoughts that you can think of as you have a congregational anniversary and as you think about your participation in a congregation. Maybe I could ask you this question. You know, why is it that you're a member of St. Paul's Church in North Mankato? Why do you worship at St. Paul's Evangelical Lutheran Church, 304 Monroe Avenue, North Mankato, Minnesota, 56003? I still have the address in my mind after all those years. Well, Probably if I asked you that, there might be a lot of answers, and it's the kind of question that could have a complex answer. And maybe you grew up here and it's family church home. Maybe you have friends here. Maybe it's close in location. Maybe you were attracted to some program that's here. But I would hope that if you were pushed on it and asked, why do you go to this church, that you all would say, it's because the word of God is preached and taught here. It's because there will be pastors and teachers who will tell me what God has to say in his word. This is the most important thing, and this is the crucial thing. And even if it's unpopular what's in the word of God, this is what we want to hear in our church. Now, of course, the reason why you say that is because this is what you and I need. Well, we need to hear the law message. Back at the time of Jeremiah, the law message included a message of judgment on Jerusalem. Well, today the Bible tells us that there's going to be a judgment day that's coming, and the whole world is going to get burned up, and it could come at any time. And uh, Jesus himself said that on that last day, there will be many who will be sent to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's around the corner, a judgment day, where many will be sent to hell. And you and I know that we each have sin and we don't, we, there's no way we could stand before God on our own. So we need to have this law message so that we will repent. Also, if judgment day comes, we know at death we'll have to stand before our God. Now, this is what I presume you hear each week in your church, the message of the law. And it could be that each week your pastors will highlight maybe some different aspect of the law, teaching you what's right and wrong, leading you to repent of sin. Uh, it happened the last couple weeks. I was reading in the book of Ephesians, and there was a law message that struck me. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, Be patient and bear with one another in love. Well, there's a law message in God's word. And quite frankly, over the last couple of weeks, if I think about myself, 
I can think of a time where I was not patient with someone. And I can think of a time where I thought the worst of somebody and I didn't think the best of someone. Well, I'm sinful. Maybe you, as you hear that lost message, can think of how you have slipped in that regard. We need to be reminded of our sinfulness. We need to be reminded so that we repent and find salvation for our sins in view of the fact that there is judgment coming. You and I need the message of the law. But of course, what we especially need, and thanks be to God it is there, we especially need the gospel. And the message that we hear is that there is a way that God will relent from the punishment that we deserve. And of course, this is what's all tied up with our Savior Jesus Christ. God in love, the Almighty God, sent his own son to earth to live for a while as true God and true man in order to redeem us from our sins. This God-man Jesus went to the cross where he took the punishment of hell in our place, in place of the sins of the whole world, so that because Jesus is punished, God doesn't need to punish us. This Jesus was raised from the dead to give assurance that that payment was accepted by God, and the gospel now promises that whoever believes and is baptized in Jesus will be saved. This is the message we need in order to stand before our God. And uh, actually thinking about coming here the last couple weeks, uh, I thought of how the name of your congregation is St. Paul's Lutheran Church. I don't know how often you ever think of that. But uh, it's a nice apostle to be named after because you probably know that many of the key passages in the Bible about, that talk about how we are saved were written by the Apostle Paul. Let me give you a few of them. Apostle Paul, your namesake. Ephesians 1, Paul says, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus' blood is shed, we are redeemed, we're bought back so that God now owns us and we're forgiven. Romans chapter 3, God justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. We're justify means declare innocent. God declares us innocent as we have faith in Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, in Christ we have the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. We have the righteousness we need to stand before God because the righteousness of Jesus, that perfect holiness, is imputed to us as we believe. One more, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul's the one who wrote about how Jesus on the night before he was crucified took bread, he said, this is my body and this is my blood as he passed it around instituting the Lord's Supper as a sacrament where we receive the forgiveness of sins. So this is what we need to hear, uh, these messages, many given by the Apostle Paul, to tell us how we can stand before God on that last day through Jesus. And also when we hear this gospel, this is what gives us comfort and encouragement in all the trials of life. So whatever struggles you have or difficulties you have, now you know God is on your side he loves you, and he'll be with you. If you've been abused, if you've had trauma, well, God still is on your side, and you can look to him to not give you more than you can bear. We can pray to God in the name of Jesus, and he will listen to us. If we face death, we know that it's simply the entrance into heaven, and we know that we have an eternity of glory awaiting us, and that keeps us going and gives us hope in moments of struggle and difficulty. This is the message, this message of law and gospel that each and of, uh, one of us personally need 
And this is why we want to be devoted to that word of God to bring us this message that's so important. And of course, this is the beauty of a Christian congregation. The beauty of a Christian congregation is when this word of God is presented and you can hear it and you can invite people to come and hear the word of God. This is the beauty of a Christian. And isn't it a reason to give thanks to God if this congregation has been faithful to the word of God for 100 years? This is not something to take for granted. It could be something that one could give thanks for. And in a Christian congregation, it's where we can associate with other people who have received this message and want to live according to it. And we can build each other up in our faith. Now, I mentioned before what the response was at the time of Jeremiah to his preaching. Remember, I said that when Jeremiah preached, there were always some people that listened and repented and were on Jeremiah's side. Most people did not. Well, what's the response to God's word today? Well, most people have no interest in it or scoff at it. But there are always some who do listen to the word of God, who are brought by the Spirit to accept it, believe in Christ, and want to live according to it. And that's what we find in a Christian congregation. And we can enjoy fellowship with such like-minded believers and be built up with them. And this is the beauty of a Christian congregation. Now, all of this reminds me, actually, of something that happened when I was here so many years ago. This was the first parish that I served in. I was assigned here in 1984. And it was a wonderful place to serve. I had a great mentor. Pastor Reuben Reimers was an older pastor, and I could learn from him. We had a great church secretary, Eunice Owens, in nice years. I remember when I came, I visited lots and lots of congregation members, and as the new pastor, I asked each of them a question. I said, what advice do you have for me as a new pastor at your church? And I heard a lot of interesting advice. I still remember the response of one gentleman. And don't worry, it's not any of you, because uh, this is a gentleman that I know then moved away and eventually died. But I asked that question, you know, what advice would you have for me as a young pastor? And I remember he looked really kind of befuddled and a little bit puzzled and bewildered. And uh, he hesitated and didn't really know what to say. And he said, well, pastor, we want you to preach the word of God to us. And I thought, well, that is the best answer. And like he, he wondered why even the question needed to be asked. And this gentleman was a pillar of the church and as you might imagine, was somebody who was always there to serve and to learn and to uh, help the congregation every way. And I hope that there are still people like that in this St. Paul's Church. I trust that there are, who know that this is what it's about, because that's how St. Paul's will be a strong congregation and continue to serve well in the future. Any of you who are young people today, I might especially say to you, as you push forward in your life, and as you are thinking about what role is church going to play in my life as I push forward, maybe you should have this attitude. You need a church where you can hear the word of God because you need the word of God to guide you in life, and this is what is most important. Now, the theme that was in the bulletin today for the sermon was devoted to the word of God. And if you looked at that, there's... It doesn't say who's supposed to be devoted. There's no subject there. 
that actually was intentional because we can plug in many different subjects. Jeremiah was devoted to the word of God. That's where we started. He was so intent on preaching that law and gospel message that he was willing to give up his life if that's what it meant. Each and every one of us needs to be devoted to the word of God because that's how we can come upon our eternal salvation to find ourselves able to stand before God at death or judgment day as the word of God guides us to faith in Jesus Christ. St. Paul's congregation needs to be devoted to the word of God because this is how you will remain a strong congregation and be used by God for good in his kingdom. So this is how God's blessings come, devoted to the word of God. Amen.